Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 123, or as I believe I put it to Mike while we were still off air, Uno, dos, tres. Good evening, everybody. We'll start off, quick apology, because Alan will be making some distressing sounds during this recording, and I'm pretty sure I won't be able to edit all of them out. <laughs> so bear with him. The lad's ill, but he's recording. He's recording, bless him. Hey, recording is easy. Editing is hard. And would you know? <laughs> <laughs> silence. <laughs> Absolute silence. <laughs> Don't I at least get bonus points for paraphrasing Peter Sellers? I'm sorry, I, I didn't get the reference. Comedy is easy, dying is hard. Ah, right, okay. Those for the intellectual listeners of the Gatecast. What, both of them? <laughs> We've got two, have we? Cracky. We'll have to do something about that. I occasionally listen, so yes. Oh. <laughs> so that date thing that you showed me from David Hewlett, is that part of a series he's done with his sister, or is it just a one-off? They've done two episodes so far. You were right. It's gone out of my head. But as I remember, I mentioned that I really wasn't feeling great on Tuesday and I thought something was coming on or coming down or whatever. Or it was coming down with something. It's now settled quite happily in my upper chest. Oh, right. I got a text yesterday from a friend of mine saying, Oh, saw you on the news again. When you will be getting your Irish Film and Television Award? In what contest? Why were you on the news? We achieved three ISL standards. Ah, right. So, yeah, ran around like a blue ash fly yesterday, making sure the screensavers on all the machines were up to date, and switching on and logging on to about 30 machines, which didn't have people sitting at them, so that didn't see a lot of blank screens. And what was one of the ISO awards we were getting? For being green. <laughs> oh, lovely. This was pointed out to me by at least seven different people. So, yes, I did appear briefly on the news, but my attitude was the camera was probably focused on Erin, not on me. Oh. Since she did happen to be standing beside me. I don't think I was coughing this much last week, was I? No. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are indeed seeking Star Trek. And if you want to seek Star Trek, then why don't you try Trek News and Views? The latest news and views on what's going on in the Star Trek world. Your life, as it has been, is over. Oh my. Oh my indeed, George. We also have a little gossip at the end of each program about a certain subject, be it Romulans, Klingons, or whatever takes our fancy. Feel free to drop us a line and join in. Trek News and Views via Podbean or iTunes. Check it out. Why has Helen Earl with multiple photos? Who? Someone we apparently follow on Twitter. Helen Earl. Matters. Because she's Stargate. That's a nice picture, actually. Yes. And Quantum Leap, I can see photos of a young Scott Bakula. In fact, I can see a lot of photos of Quantum Leap. That seems to be pretty much her entire Twitter background. Including Scott dressed badly in drag. Yeah, I remember that episode. Where he decks that guy for getting fresh with him. 
Oh yeah, he's like, I stand like a woman, I walk like a woman. Oh, and the the BFB on my uh, headset is more or less worn away completely. Time to buy a new one. Black fluffy bit. Yeah, I gathered. Oh, you actually worked it out, or I've mentioned it to you before. You mentioned it last week. Okay. And I have to say, the title alone of that Robert Picardo sci-fi movie, it just looks <laughs> so awfully brilliant. It doesn't, doesn't it? Shark versus Crocosaurus. I'm pretty sure I've seen it before. I must have seen it before. The shark jumping over the destroyer, that rings a bell. Is that a deliberate reference to somebody else jumping the shark? The shark's doing the jumping? <laughs> no, well, sharks jumping and grabbing planes in midair. That seems to be the common theme. They probably got the idea from Sharktopus. What the hell is KQ on about? A tweet. Yeah. What's that at the bottom of my vegetarian bento box? Beef. Is that like a tiny little sliver? Is she a vegetarian? Well, I suppose if you make the point... I don't know. <laughs> she must be. Although I suppose you can buy vegetarian stuff if you're not a vegetarian. It's because you like the taste on it. Of course, if you saw my last check-in, I'm surprised uh, Gecklu actually listed it. It's Earthworm Jim. Oh, the game. No, the TV show. Oh, I don't know which came first. I assume the game came first. Yes, the game came first. The TV show was after. It ran for two seasons on Cartoon Network, I think. Peter Puppy recites the litany against fear at several points in the show. What, fear is the mind killer? All that. Yes. First time I sat there, I was watching it, I was going, holy shit, I was off sick or something, I caught on, on uh, Cartoon Network, and I was like, ha litany against fear, cool. Uh, <laughs> slightly ill and a bit delusional and you think, this is the best TV show ever no I, I do it's just really bizarre There's a vo- plus of course Jim is voiced by uh, Dan Castellana well he does quite a bit doesn't he voice work well this was pre-Homer so oh was it that far back yeah as you recall the first two seasons of The Simpsons there was a different voice on Homer ah uh. Sky repeated endlessly because daft as it sounds the repeats still get higher ratings than a hell of the new programmes Oh, yes, and it's all about ratings, isn't it? Well, of course it is. Why would you have paid television if people didn't watch it? Did you read about that? It might have even been you that flagged it to me. Or it might have been someone else. Tesco have apparently contacted New Zealand farmers and asked if they could stop the use of sheepdogs and do something more gentle so not to stress the uh, lambs before they get slaughtered and shipped. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. That is. <laughs> <laughs> it was genuinely apparently that Tesco have. It was reported that Tesco wrote most of their lamb is New Zealand. Yeah. I'm actually informed by my mate in New Zealand that it's very difficult to get good lamb even when it's in season because it's all export <laughs> to Europe. Well, I suppose it's a cash crop, isn't it? Really? Yeah. New Zealand, a sort of sunnier version of Wales, where men are men and sheep are nervous. <laughs> With all due respect to Jane, if she's actually listening to this in Swansea, assuming this bit is in. It will, so don't cough over anything important. On the subject of recording, without further ado, line duly cocked. If we're three, if we're doe, if we're hen, roar. <laughs> Fading on. Previously. Oh, previously. We've seen that building before. Hello, Harry. Yes, Harry. I prefer later, Harry. I think Harry looks better with the beard. A bit more wild and woolly, isn't he? I'd like to say Kinsey with a beard. And what are you going to do? Well, I was thinking about shooting you. Very prophetic, that is. Yes, great. Activities connect them to NID actions over the last year and a half. Big glimmer. 
I suspect that's a bit of stock footage and yeah. the rocking car. Mm-hmm. Back in time, forward in time, you've seen it all. I just wonder how things turn out. And I wonder how far you'd go to stop me from becoming president of the United States. No, I've got an idea to be the uh, rocking car. Reminds me of Tony Stark's reference to the Fonvi. Any carry-on, sir? Yes. <laughs> no, a common scene we've seen in many a uh, political thriller. Mm. Yeah, so where's the shot in slow motion? Well, you get the assembly. People. Oh, the people. No, if it was slow motion. Oh, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Peter was saying this whole scene took a day to shoot. Wow, there are eyebrows. <laughs> Ooh, that's a 303. I recognise that eye. Mm-hmm. Say cheese. Why was he wearing a vest? Man, that looked fairly accurate. Where the hell is he dead? What do you mean? He is dead. Is he? He's dead for at least 30 minutes of the episode. Oh. The casual assassin look. Slow-mo. Glasses on. It's not free full slow-mo, is it? It's about three-quarter speed. This is Peter having fun. With lots and lots of film stock. Right then, Smoke and Mirrors, episode 123, season 6, episode 14, directed by Peter DeLuise. The story was originally from Catherine Powers, but the screenplay was written by Joseph Pelosi and Paul Mully. Uh. Got its world premiere on Sky One, December 18th, 2002, and appeared on the US Sci-Fi Channel, January the 24th, 2003. What? Our friends down under had to wait till September the 4th, 2003. Bloody hell. I know. Terrible, isn't it? Share his titles with? Right then. Oh, big list. The It Crowd, Crusoe, Swamp Thing, Holby City and Casualty, UK shows. Thomas, a tank engine. <laughs> and Providence. And we're back. The assassination yes. of Senator Kinsey has sent shockwaves through Washington. With, With my young Lee. Oh, going to say Trisha Takanawa. Well, that's not her. Yeah. Yeah, she's a reporter, but her CV is pretty much exclusively playing reporters as well. Oh. Hey, I'm back. What did I miss? Jack's looking very vague. It's tanned there about the neck, isn't he? Well, this is another episode where he only turns up for a couple of days during the shooting. <laughs> He had other commitments, which, by the looks of it, was on a beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah, his skin looks orange and somewhat leathery. He's not quite at the chicken next stage, but... He doesn't look too bad, though. He looks better than some previous episodes we've seen him. It is reasonable to assume that a man in Senator Kinsey's position would have a great many enemies. <laughs> Confused? Oh, dear. Da-da-da! I'm sorry to have to do this, but these men are here to escort you to Peterson. From there, you'll be flown to Andrews and then turned over to the civilian authorities in Washington. Sir, what is this? Colonel O'Neill is under arrest for the murder of Senator Kinsey. I've met a few MPs, and they're actually about par with their general attitude. It seems to attract, you know, it's the ultimate job for a high school bully is to become an MP. Yeah. It involves absolutely no modification of personality. I believe you, Jack. But for the moment, we're going to have to cooperate. 
I used to drink in the barracks quite regularly. <laughs> My dad's good friend, same surname, different spelling, was base sergeant major there. And the MPs would come and basically chuck everyone out. My hands are tied. How could they possibly think that he's responsible? He wasn't even in Washington. Actually, it looks like he was. I expected Davis to be demoted at the very least for losing the Prometheus. <laughs> he has a report for us. Major? Thank you, sir. This was taken from a security camera in a hotel across the street from where the shooting occurred, just a couple of minutes after it happened. A little trivia. That stairwell is in the Stargate Studios and leads up and from the uh, audition rooms. I see. Gary Jones did the commentary with Peter DeLuise, and he was asked, what did you do for your audition? And he actually spoke Chevron one lock. <laughs> that was his audition. Let's <laughs> see Gary on the commentary. Shame we don't get to see Gary off world. Now, when that was unzipped, I'm sorry, it didn't seem to me material. It looked like what is, I believe, commonly called foam rubber. Ballistics match it with the bullet that killed Senator Kinsey. Not the squeaky polystyrene, the non-squeaky kind. Yeah. I'm surprised Jonas isn't a bit more sceptical. This is all new to him. He ain't got the background as the rest of them. Oh, come on. They had a few run-ins. That's hardly a motive for murder. Okay, I've read the file on Kinsey, but it is a little vague. Mm. Oh, there you go. The senator was involved with a group of individuals who were unhappy with the way Stargate Command was being run. They tried to blackmail General Hammond into resigning. Colonel O'Neill found evidence connecting Kinsey to their illegal activities and threatened to go public with it unless he got them to back off. So, technically, Kinsey was protecting the SGC. True, but I don't think he was very happy about it. Still, that's not a motive to kill the guy. That's a motive to keep him alive. Unfortunately, we can divulge none of this information to the civilian authorities. Senator Kinsey was shot in broad daylight on a public street in front of a dozen civilian witnesses. If we tried to shift this to a military court, it would be a political disaster for the current administration. <laughs> yes, a bit of understatement there from the general. The general is being... Yeah, they're threatening his grandchildren. <laughs> All sorts. Unfortunately, there's nothing he can do for Colonel O'Neill at this time. On the other hand, I'm not a politician, which is why I'm suspending SG-1's off-world duties and assigning the three of you to get to the bottom of it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, Corin, that's really the way we want to do it. Yeah, don't worry about that. Wait a few years, it'll be amazing what you can do. It'll be amazing what you can get away with. Oh, wait, that's what we're doing now. But if Gatecast comes to a sudden end, it's because I've been disappeared by the US military. <laughs> I've actually forgotten why and the real reason, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Now, that we've seen before, I'm pretty sure it was in 1969. Actually, it looks a lot like the cell they had uh, Daniel in when he went gag. No, the shot of the building. Oh. How are you doing? I'm accused of a murder I didn't commit. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> yes, Jack delves into sarcasm. Delves? <laughs> Jumps feet first. Swims around in it. Jack has a pool of sarcasm he can swim in. I wonder how many hats Tilka's actually got. General Hammond has suspended our off-world duties in order that we may investigate this situation further. In his room, he's got lots of, you know, little dummy heads that are normally used for wigs, but the hats. <laughs> Monday hat and Tuesday hat. Spare hat one, spare hat two, and spare hat three. <laughs> I'm not explaining that one. Might provoke feedback. He said, not at all desperate for feedback. Kinsey wasn't exactly my best buddy, and on occasion I felt like beating the crap out of him. But I didn't kill him. They somehow have a video that clearly places you in Washington, D.C. three days ago. I don't believe this. 
We know you've been on secret missions before. We're not always privy to the details. I wasn't on a mission, Jonas. I was in Minnesota, on vacation. Did you encounter anyone that can verify your story? I was 20 miles away from the closest town, alone. <laughs> and this Jonas, Jonas is actually thinking, come on, Jack, you can tell us. If one of you had gone fishing with him, <laughs> there'd be none of these problems. And those responsible chose to act at a time when they knew you would have no alibi. Hmm. That's it, Duck. Just figure out who. I checked the videotape to see if it had been doctored, but it appears to be genuine. So either that really is Colonel O'Neill or someone who happens to look exactly like him. We have encountered duplicating technology before. I was thinking the exact same thing, but those mimic devices are under heavy guard. Mimic devices? Someone want to fill me in? Oh, come on, Jonas. I thought you read every foul out there. But, of course, it gives them a very good idea to explain everything for the viewers. Aliens gain control by using mimic devices to impersonate and then replace base personnel, including myself. Why haven't I heard about this before? Because of the seriousness of the security breach, a decision was made to erase all mention of the incident from official records. Oh, dear. Well, where are these devices now? Area 51. Oh, fair enough, but I don't understand that. If you had a complete turnaround of personnel, if it happened again, you wouldn't have anything to draw upon. How many do you have? We recovered 12 from the SGC. They're all stored here. Has anyone been studying them recently? We've all been focusing on the X-303. Area 51, girl. Yvonne Myers, Supernatural, Smallville, Andromeda. Mm -hmm. And this room is basically... That one drawer works, and the rest of the wall is solid wood. <laughs> There we go. All present and accounted for. What is that? We saw that scene in Fringe last week. <laughs> it's a fake. All the mimic devices were switched. Someone duplicated the duplicators? <laughs> That's it, Jack. Sissy, you may keep it up. There has got to be some way that we can use this to clear you. I don't think the alien technology defense is going to fly. If I'm understanding this correctly, there is someone walking around out there that can make himself look exactly like you at the push of a button. That's got to be relevant. It's classified information, Jonas. Uh, yes, Jonas. Sam goes, oops. But we can use it to find the real assassin. Maybe. Ah. Now this is where the writers expand upon the technology a little. Make it do what they need to do for this one episode. I see. So how do these things work? Well, it's a two-part process. First, you take somebody and pass them through a large scanning device. Which large scanning device? Yes, it was a trolley, wasn't it? Which looks like so when did they scan exactly. Colonel O'Neill? Back when foothold happened, when they duplicated him. The oh, that. Was the scanning device taken? No, it's still at Area 51. We checked it out. So whoever did this can only impersonate a limited number of people? Twelve, to be precise, including Colonel O'Neill, Dr. Frazier, and Daniel. What about General Hammond? The alien impersonating him was trapped in the gate room along with several others. They activated some kind of self-destruct and blew themselves up. Yes, he blew up. Imagine Christopher, you know, being told, look interesting, Chris. Expression, now. <laughs> Jonas, surprised. See, Jonas, you don't get to read the really good stuff. I'd like the two of you to check them out. What about you? I'm going to Washington. I need to look up an old acquaintance. Um, we may have been referenced in a tweet, but it's in Russian. Fair enough. Would you like to read it out? No. I did think you would. Major Carter, I'm Agent Barrett. 
No, this is a, a new set. An ID building. The door was open. Seriously. Major Can't just walk right in. It's not polite. In this case, I think Carter would skip the police. Three years, only eight people at Area 51 have had authorized access to the Mimic devices. We must speak to them all. Most of them have been transferred to the X-303 project, so they're still living in Nevada. Well, that's not really... Ooh, and we recognise him, don't we? Or do we? Do we? Yes, from Stargate Universe. Huh? There are a lot of people in the Stargate Universe. Killed in an automobile accident three weeks ago. Given the circumstance, that would appear to be a highly unlikely coincidence. No, nothing. Nothing springs to mind. The kidney guy? No, the other one, his mate. No. Peter Calamus. Was in the two episodes of Stargate SG-1, 39 episodes of Stargate Universe. I see. Been in Eureka, Dead Like Me, and The Killing. I think he's Australian. The SGC is not behind this. Senator Kinsey was no friend of the Stargate Command. In fact, he tried to take you down more than once. We don't engage in criminal activity, Agent Barrett, which is more than I can say for the NID. If you're referring to the Prometheus incident, that was orchestrated by a handful of rogue agents. What about Steve's in Oregon? You sat by and watched while the Goa'uld took over an entire town of innocent civilians. That was an officially sanctioned operation. That would have succeeded if it wasn't for your interference. Are you kidding me? Your agents were compromised and your organization was about to be infiltrated. Ooh. Look, Major. The videotape of Colonel O'Neill clearly places him at the scene of the crime. And the murder weapon was found near his cabin. So, if you'll excuse me, yeah, it wasn't us, really. Agent Barrett, paid by Peter Fleming. This character appeared in six episodes of SG-1 and another couple of episodes in Stargate Atlantis. I wonder, though, I'm assuming uh, the character in SGU was different to the... Yes, same actor, different character. Something which Doctor Who subsequently used. Not friendly. Or was that just for show? Civ huh, is. Yes, Cardi. He's still wearing his suit, and she's disguised herself in civilian clothes. And once they're gone, the entire ecosystem of the planet will collapse. It's a cheerful thought. And we spend all of our time trying to protect the world from the Gould. Maybe we should worry a little more about protecting it from ourselves. Wise words. What are we doing out here, Agent Barrett? My office is bugged. There, dear. It is. It's standard procedure to record all conversations that take place at NID headquarters. I wouldn't call it bugged, then. I'd just call it monitored. Uh-huh. Sam doesn't look too good. No, she doesn't, does she? She looks like matriarchal. Well, I don't know. She's either at something that disagreed with her or not. A shadow organization that operates outside the law. It's time they were exposed for who they really are. I agree. The Prometheus incident, that was the last straw. After that, I was called to the White House for an assignment. What does this have to do with Colonel O'Neill? Senator Kinsey was working for me. He was about to give me enough evidence to bring down the entire leadership of the shadow group. How did you convince him to do that? Let's just say I know about a few of the skeletons in the senator's closet. Perhaps it was just the shock on the light. He looks. He looks awful though. <laughs> you see, his skin looks. It looks like he's got some sort of weird disease. That's a spirit. The NID will be proud of you. Wow, they're big mushrooms. I was thinking toadstools. <laughs> mushrooms don't tend to be that big. You're working alone. The smaller the operation, the less chance of it being compromised. You have no idea how far the corruption goes, Major. Not even the SGC is immune. And there we have Cole, the mascot playing with Crispy Barrett, who's the. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> did you not know that was the first time you watched? Yes, I did, but I thought it was worth a second look. <laughs> I see you're around to watch it again. 
Yes, the little doggy was playing with Crispy Barrett, who does the, all the on-set construction. So the NAD is going to get Crispy and his little dog too. <laughs> Maybe that's something you can't understand. If he was proper NAD, he'd be paranoid of everybody in that park. I'd be paranoid. There seems to be an awful lot of people out there for what appears to be a grey, overcast day. <laughs> When the Mimic devices were first brought to Area 51, a team of eight scientists was assigned to study them. The Pentagon was hoping to be able to adapt the devices for use in the field. However, while the original holographic images that were created by the aliens seemed to last indefinitely, those that were created by the scientists in the lab were only sustainable for three to four minutes at a time due to problems with electromagnetic interference. So the project was scaled back, and five of the original team members were reassigned. The remaining three were Dr. Singh, Dr. Healy, and this fellow... Dr. Brent Langham. I like it, the fact that the episode starts with Jonas being totally unaware of everything. And now totally aware of everything and beyond. Yes, he's given the briefing. He's better informed than the people who briefed him. And the CG people are going, look, look, we did a big shiny spinny thing. Show it again, show it again. Yes, keep rerunning it. God's sake, this costs half the budget for the episode. <laughs> Janice sort of going, do I have a line yet? Do I have a line yet? Is it my turn to talk? Is it my turn to talk? That's the expression on Janet's face. It's like, she's sort of an eager puppy. I want to talk, I want to talk. Can I, can I, can I, can I? <laughs> Take regular doses of anticonvulsant drugs. There should have been traces of those drugs in his blood. The dental records were falsified. The body recovered at the crash site was someone else. So you're saying this Dr. Langham took the mimic device and engineered his own disappearance? I don't know. If you're going to fake a death, you've got to do it right. Yeah. Okay. Are we suggesting then that this scientist shot Kinsey? I doubt it. He didn't have any paramilitary training. Perhaps Dr. Langham merely provided the mimic devices for a fee. But it can lead us to whoever was responsible. I don't care what it takes. I want you to find this Dr. Langham. Yes, sir. Put your hat on Tilk and go for it. This warehouse is uh, right next to the studios. Used to be an old car dealership. Better than a tin bath factory. This isn't the first time we've heard the name Langham in connection with fictional, potentially evil scientist stuff. Now, what's the other one? Now, that's a bit of a stretch. I said I've heard it before, I did. <laughs> I could Google it now. So wrong. Professional clientele. There's a good chance our shooter was here. If you know they're selling illegal guns, why don't you shut them down? I allow them to operate in exchange for information. Sometimes you got to cross the line, Major. You just got to know when to step back. Smoke. Hey, Leo. Hey, Leo. Leo. <laughs> Leo. James Michalopoulos. That's a lot of stuff. Well, he's an arms dealer. You've got to put your inventory out there, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm just thinking the poor prop guy is supposed to take on overtime. <laughs> Agent Barrett, when are you going to get yourself a new suit? Black is good for any occasion. Yeah, it's also thinning. Is he Russian by any chance? No, he's English. Oh. Major Samantha Carter, United States Air Force. John Mann. Been in Supernatural, Battlestar, Blood Ties. Grim. <laughs> Quite a bit. But no, I meant the show. We want to know about a 700 with a customized breakdown stock. Yeah? I moved one last week. Well, in all likelihood, the weapon you sold was used to assassinate a United States senator. What's your point? <laughs> That's really not going to worry him. <laughs> Arms dealers really worry about what you you should put the weapons to. <laughs> Is that the guy? That's the gun. But then again, that's what they expected. Did he look at any other weapons besides the 700? Yeah, as a matter of fact, he did. It's a funny-looking weapon, that is. It's basically a silent submachine gun. The barrel vents the steam so there's no recoil or kick. Okay. Well, 
Are you just concerned because of an Irish person living in the West of Ireland with college <laughs> weapons? <laughs> no, that never actually occurred to me, to be honest. It does now, though. <laughs> how much? I like that. I just said to him, how much? It actually says in the transcript, hides distaste. Well, she didn't hide it very well. It's an ideal weapon for female assassins. There's one full set of prints and one partial on the second rifle, but neither of them match Colonel O'Neill. A quick nod to Krista McLean, who does all the computer visuals for the show. So everything you see on a computer screen, she does. Peter Joe, that she locks herself away in a little room and only comes out to give him the demos, which he then screams after, telling them they don't look right. <laughs> and this hotel room, again built upon the old set of the glory days, which was also used for night walkers. That's a very thick door. It probably wasn't intended to be a hotel room in the original show. Hmm. You said it yourself, Agent Barrett. There's a cancer in your organisation. Kinsey was going to bring them down, so they had him killed. So did they hire an outside contractor or use one of their own? Yeah, that's highly likely. <laughs> Give me the disc. I'll check the files and call you in a couple hours. Good call, checking for a second weapon. Thanks. You're welcome. Where do we start? No offence, Janet, but get your hair done, please. It looks a mess. Yeah. It does, though, doesn't it? Come on. Oh, God, yeah. Looks like she got dragged backwards through a bush that was simultaneously dragged backwards <laughs> through a combine harvester. Do not many thousands of people in this country suffer from this affliction? Yes, but there's a wide range of treatments that vary from case to case. See, Dr Langham was on a very specific combination of drugs, including primadone and carbamazepine. So... We can access the National Pharmaceutical Database and focus on new prescriptions written in the past three weeks. We then cross-reference that with age and gender, and we should be able to narrow down the field. That was either a very long-haired male or a remarkably leg-muscled female. That was Janice Gen, the second assistant director. What does she do, cycle to walk from ten miles away every day? <laughs> Incredibly powerful legs. A Bond villain. Well, that probably got the part. Who looks good in shorts on a bike? You do. I don't know. I think so. You know you're not authorized to tell me about the foothold incident. Technically, I shouldn't have even told Jonas. I know, sir. I'm hoping it won't come to that. Oh, look, the eagle's back. <laughs> they probably figured it frames him now, shooting him from that side. Sorry, you've reminded me of that John West ad. Oh, look, an eagle. It's not a Volvo. I guess it's not, it's not. Why are the lights on? That looks like a model home, as in, you know, this is what a home looks like. It also looks really tiny. Like, three rooms, tops. Those look a bit small. How'd you learn to drive? Daniel Jackson instructed me. Well, when was that? I believe the year was 1969. <laughs> no soliciting. <laughs> Can I help you? Yeah, we're looking for Mr. Uh, David Zweidel. No, that does not like him. Yeah, that's me. What's this about? Our apologies. You are not the man we are looking for. Sorry, I must have made a mistake. Uh, your Jedi mind tricks won't work here. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> that guy look familiar to you? He did not. That's Daryl Sheila, really? who's a stuntman by trade, but also obviously uh, does some acting. Yes. The reason they cast him is because in a bit he will do some stunts. When I first came to Stargate Command, he was one of the airmen in the gate room. That's a damn good memory, Jonas. What did he say? 
He said when he first came through the Stargate, he was one of the guards on duty. Forget the fact he was in uniform. This is Whitehall. Round back. Forget the fact that Teok as a Jafar. Yeah. Could have quite easily backed the door down. God, he's fit. Now, the funny bit here, when Jonas did this stunt, the first time he went straight through the fence. <laughs> this is good. Wait for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, mama. <laughs> oh, dear. Nice shot. Who is it, then? It looks like Paler. <laughs> Doesn't look like him, but obviously it must be. He's not as tanned. Dr. Langham, I presume. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah. And any bruises you find on him were purely accidental. <laughs> you found Dr. Langham. He's in a holding cell on level 16. He ran into a brick wall. Well done. Has he said anything? No, sir. We're letting him sweat. But he did ask for a lawyer. That could be a problem. We're not exactly following proper procedure. No, due process has just been thrown out the window. Yeah. He's been kidnapped, basically. Dr. Langham is also the only one that can verify Colonel O'Neill's innocence. Not necessarily. Major Carter and Agent Barrett are pursuing a lead that may take them to the real assassin. And if it doesn't? I know how you feel. <laughs> so was your earlier reference the thing to what General Hammond's about to say? Yes. I understand this man had some injuries when you brought him in. I mean, you've got to put two and two together because otherwise you think Tilkatch did him over as opposed to just sticking his arm out. Well, yeah, but running into Tilk's arm is right, like running into an iron bar. Yeah. We have to be careful. We're operating way outside our jurisdiction, and like it or not, this man has rights. He will volunteer the information. Of that, I am certain. <laughs> I'd have utmost faith in Tilk. <laughs> I believe him. He looks a hell of a lot younger there than he did in Stargate Universe. He looked browner in Universe. At this stage, he was a comedian by trade. Uh, I don't think Teok would appreciate comedy. Strong, silent, straight guy in a double act. Mm. <laughs> I'll talk. I'll tell you anything you want, Teok. <laughs> I love the spotlight on his head and all. <laughs> Brilliant. That is actually very hard to light. Hmm. <laughs> Look, this is a waste of time. I got nothing to say. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, I took the mimic devices. I switched them with the fakes, but I didn't know what they were planning to do with them. You just got to—you just got to fill the silences with something, aren't you? What? You think I'm part of some kind of murder conspiracy? Well, you're wrong. Emote, Teok. Emote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's leaning forward. Chair <laughs> creaking. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what I know, but you have to promise me protection. <laughs> <laughs> How do you play off that? I'm not exactly sure, but he did it. <laughs> I mean, as an actor, when you're... You might as well not be sitting there. He, they may not have even bothered with a two-shot. Probably not, no. That was purely coincidental with my phone whistling. <laughs> you think he heard something off camera, that's why he turned away. <laughs> do we get a boom today? We get a boom today. Yay, boom today. And possibly a boom tomorrow. I won't like them steps on a nice icy winter's day. 
my mistake, this house goes... Boom. Yes. Peter joked that they asked the owner of the house if it was okay to blow it up. Yeah. I'll get it soon. Since when did character become an expert with lockpicks? Uh, she's done it before. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no shit, man, Barrett. I'm, I'm sorry, a door's not that easy, especially what looked like a mortis deadbolt. Oh dear. <laughs> Six, five, run, run. <laughs> step, step, step. Lots of lot of steps. Run, but step very, very carefully down the steps. <laughs> oh, those are clearly stunned people. What are you doing? Hello. <laughs> you can get off me now. <laughs> That was fast of Sam, not even a pause for breath. Mm. I like the visual effects though, you know, the actual flames in the car as well. When you first switched the device with the fakes, where'd you take them? Washington. They wanted me to take them myself because they thought using a middleman would be too risky. To whom are you referring? They call themselves a committee. They run the whole show. We're going to need names. You would assume he wouldn't know names if they are as secret that as you'd expect. Committee. Whatever happened to Helen Pace? <laughs> no, one day the management. Yeah, well, prefacing was deliberate. Oh. <laughs> I you pick up on it. Why would you believe that? You don't think money has anything to do with this? In the last six months, there have been at least ten new patents that can be traced back directly to Area 51. I'm talking industrial chemicals, metallurgy, computers, you name it. So they're selling alien technology? No, they're buying it. The members of the committee aren't spies or secret agents, they're businessmen. The rogue NID agents work for them. They got hundreds of millions invested and they expect to make billions in return by incorporating alien advancements into their product lines. At least it's good old fashioned capitalism. They're not doing it to undermine the government or anything, they're just profiteering from it. a brief sting of Pink Floyd's money in there. What do you mean? Well, if these people are as powerful as you say they are, there's probably nowhere on earth you'd be safe. Fortunately, we have other options. Mm -hmm. We could uh, stand you in front and open it. The ultimate witness relocation program. And <laughs> nobody will find you. Now, where would you like to go? Because, let's face it, what sort of life can you have? You can't really go to the Alpha site. No, but you could go to the uh, light and dark planet. I suppose so, but I won't really like to spend much time with them. People are nice and friendly and free-spirited and, you know. You used a computer to access those personnel files, right? Maybe somebody tracked you. Don't, don't answer that. It's General Hammond. If they think we're dead, it may be our only advantage. You trust me, you trust my team. Now keep your eye on his tie, which moves along the leaf shot to shot, thanks to the continuity and <laughs> costuming. Yes. I know that's great news. He's going for the minibar? Yes, sir. I've just been blown up. I need a drink. <laughs> Since when the minibars contain water? We've got the names of those responsible for the assassination. What's that supposed to mean? We have an inside source. Who? <laughs> I'm not telling. Whatever happened to tap water? Seriously. Hmm. Well, you know, if he still looks awful, his skin looks terrible. Well, he has got an excuse. He got blown up. Ish. Blown up ish. I don't trust him. I think he's going to betray Carter and she's going to get knocked out by something he put in the water. 
Well, he's NID. You know, you can't really trust any of them. None of them have dealt fear with the SGC. I think Mayborn has. I mean, he's trustworthy. He's reliably untrustworthy. Yeah. You know he's going to betray you. It's just a question of when. <laughs> well, at least you know it for a fact. He's not going to turn around and pretend to be your friend. Wait a minute. Why have I never heard about this technology before? We encountered the devices three years ago during a foothold situation. It was a close one. Kinsey was trying to shut down the Stargate program for being too risky, so the whole thing was covered up by presidential order. Who's your source? Oh, everybody has secrets. I wonder, you know, when they said they actually removed all the records of the foothold situation, if the NID themselves weren't even aware of it. Mm. I know Hermayborn was, but maybe he kept it quiet. Well, unless he was paid sufficiently. Mayborn doesn't give up information voluntarily. <laughs> Senator Kinsey's not dead, he's in a coma. We've got him under 24-hour guard. Why the hell didn't you tell me? Because we needed to keep his condition a secret for his protection. If and when he regains consciousness, he'll be able to provide us with the information we need to bring these people down. So we're both keeping secrets. It's the way the game's played. You've got a... Right now, Barrett really escaped one there, because if Sam had wet little Hanky and dabbed his cheek himself, that had been warmth and compassion and he would have died huh? well you know we, we, we've got we've got eight minutes left he could die yet you know don't let me hold their hope who are they sending uh liaison officer major davis major davis what there are 12 alien devices capable of mimicking specific individuals major davis was one of them I can't imagine a criminal assassin tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> now, this is where they tweaked the modus operandi of the device again, because it should be on your skin, not on your clothes. Mm. But the reason they didn't do that is because it basically it take too long to actually open the shirt, put it on and close the shirt again. Mm -hmm. And every second counts. Sometimes you, you can't trust what the hell's going on. You wouldn't have thought Davis would have been aware that Kenzie was alive. Sergeant? Major Davis. Come to check on the senator. Yes, sir. Kenzie wasn't duplicated, though. Hmm. Well, doesn't Davis report to the Pentagon rather than to SGC? Yeah, but if they're going to try to keep it secret, they'd keep it within the NID themselves. Hmm. I wouldn't even tell the White House. Now, this is a problem. When you're using duplicates to... Uh, run your little conspiracy, you've got to be a bit more paranoid. Mm. <laughs> Agent Devlin, how'd it go? Kinsey's dead. Are you sure? He was supposed to be dead the first time. Well, he wasn't wearing a bulletproof vest this time, so yeah, I'm sure. There were a few complications, though. Amazing how the silence thing fit magically in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's going on? Fire alarm. We need to move here. Is he his ATAC? Or what's the other one? A very highly trained operative. We're going to have to ask you to wait here, sir. And why is that, sir? Oh, yeah. Bloody Gould. Jesus. I imagine Major Davis himself isn't that adept. No. Whereas the assassin is. We still have a loose end. They have Dr. Langham in custody. That's not important. His accusations will be little more than a minor inconvenience for us. Instead of worrying about him, I suggest we use the mimic devices to eliminate another thorn in our side. Someone at the SGC? General Hammond. Once he's out of the way, we can replace him with someone more 
sympathetic to our concerns. Ooh, bad guys. Lots of bad guys. Mm. He looks like the principal actor from the cleaner. He could have reached out in time and stuck his hand in. Yes. Not going anywhere either, because it's a fake elevator. Yeah, a fake elevator. Yes. <laughs> You're walking too fast, Davies. You've got to get the Terminator walk right. <laughs> if they know about the devices, they'll be prepared for something like this. Devlin's right. That's it, get him to tell. Besides, now that Kinsey's dead, we have other options. I think it's time we sent someone to talk to Hammond. Get him to reconsider those retirement plans. He doesn't seem like the type to bow to outside pressure. Well then, we are going to have to be very convincing. Thanks, <laughs> He did have a bit of trouble pulling it out of his back pocket, didn't he? Oh! <laughs> you see, Jack would only be mildly stunned being hit by his hat. Yeah, I think Barrett's rather impressed. Mm. Any of those actors, people we should know? Agent Devlin, I would like you to pay General Hammond a visit. Impress upon him our concerns for the safety and well-being of his family. Apart from the fate resemblance John was watching from the guy at the end of the table. Well, they've got the listing, but I didn't bother really writing it down. Ah, don't you know? Don't you know your own plans? Didn't they do this in the foothold one? General Hammond sends his regards. All right, get your hands up. Come on, get them up. <laughs> now the hologram lasted six and a half minutes. That's a new record for us. Oh, like they put that one line in just so that that device couldn't be used as a catch-all to solve every problem they had. You took a yep. big risk. I knew you were listening. What makes you think I was going to come in here before you got them to incriminate themselves? When you work with someone, you just know. Oh, that's rather warm. Run, run for your life. Looks remarkably recovered. He does, doesn't he? Oh, Jack. Happy to see Jack. Ah, Colonel O'Neill. Glad you could make it. <laughs> what do you want, Kinsey? I just thought we should have a little chat before we meet the press. Did you need to gloat a little? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't be that way, Jack. You need this as much as I do. The only way you're going to get public vindication is if the two of us appear on the six o'clock news shaking hands. Yeah. I'm not sure it's worth it. Don't you hate it when he's right? Mm. The American people don't want their Air Force officers to be assassins, Jack. They want them to be heroes. I'm going to make you a hero. Go on, Jack. Just lie back and think of whatever. Shall we? They can't probably come across with anything that's happened. I gotta wonder, I'm assuming the actor who plays Kinsey is still alive. Ronnie Cox, yeah. I can see him playing an elderly Lex Luthor. First of all, I want to apologize to you and to the American people for the deception surrounding my untimely demise. It was an unfortunate but necessary final step in my investigation of certain anti-democratic forces that had taken root in several key government agencies. I'd like to shake you warmly by the throat. <laughs> yeah, he's probably thinking of Simpsons and Homer's got his hand around his neck. Taking a bullet was not part of my original plan to bring these men down, but the success of the operation was well worth any personal sacrifice on my part. And I want the American people to know that, if elected, I intend to bring that same 
determination, and zeal for justice with me to the White House. I would also like to thank Colonel Jack O'Neill of the United States Air Force for the vital role he played in my investigation. Now, I imagine every reporter there who's not looking at Kinsey is looking at Jack and thinking, that bloke doesn't want to be here. <laughs> that any evidence pointing to the colonel as my would-be assassin was simply part of the operation. Colonel. His body language is pretty much, if I stand another yard to the right, I would... Preferably while pointing the targeting laser. <laughs> Come on, Jack. Put your hand, little two fingers behind his head and wiggle him about. Takes his jacket off. I'm with stupid. Come on, shake his hand. Smile, Colonel. You just won me the election. Look at that. He's actually campaigning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you hate being praised by him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure we'll tell him off in a few episodes. I feel dirty. Oh. <laughs> President Kinsey. I <laughs> uh, wish I'd have shot him. I think Jack would rather the alternate timeline with his shin. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's face it, he, he was quite happy fishing at his cabin, <laughs> letting the world go to hell. Mm-hmm. That was Smoke and Mirrors. I enjoyed that. I don't think I coughed through the entire episode. <laughs> I'd probably have to leave one or two in. Otherwise, my, you know, actually mentioning it at the start would sound ridiculous. It was fun. Well, it lasted. A lot of tweets, but nothing relevant. righty these sort of episodes are like when they can draw upon previous episodes. Since he was mentioned in a previously on... Yes. Next week's episode, which is Paradise Lost. So they teased us with Harry. Yes, they did, didn't they? In the next episode, he's actually in it. <laughs> Colonel Mayborn visits O'Neill and claims to have a key to a cache of alien technology, but demands a presidential pardon for his crimes in exchange for the knowledge. Ritual accompanies Mayborn to retrieve the cache. They find that his intentions may not be all they seem. No. Really? <laughs> Imagine that. I'm shocked. We'd have been really let down if Mayborn was on the level. <laughs> We'd have been confused. What have you done with Mayborn? Or did you adjust him? Come try ya! Okay, folks. As we said, that was Smoke and Mirrors. If you want to leave feedback on this, or indeed on any episode, the methodology is here. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast. And our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. You can also be found on iTunes, and that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. And our membership is growing. I added someone last week. Someone wants to be added to the group, and you've already done it. You've already added it. Well, I spent a lot of time on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the subject of phones. Oh, Lex. Yes, Lex. Specifically for that person. (laughs) Who is my video pusher. Oh, right. Kevin Webb just finished 
on Natural Selection, a great episode, but very talky-talky. Looking forward to sight on scene. And yes, my name is regularly mispronounced, but I don't mind. Smiley face. <laughs> I replied, yeah, more action in the next episode, just not that much fun to watch more than once, he says, having watched it three times this week and an upcoming edit. And Kevin replied, I remember what happens in the next episode. I've seen it two or three times total, but still looking forward to it. Bless you, Kevin. At least that's one of us. <laughs> uh, there's no direct comments on Unnatural Section. There is a direct comment on your posting of the Stargate Monopoly board. Having been involved in Discworld fandom for almost six years at this point, nothing that fans do surprises me. No. I have seen, and I think I might have told you this one before, the event after Terry announced the uh, posterior cortical atrophy thing, he said that he would eat the arse off a dead mole. The following day, a cake was produced with what appeared <laughs> to be the arse end of a dead mole made of chocolate coming at the end of it, coming at the top of it, and given to him. So no, 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 no nothing, nothing fans do surprises me. I, I've been involved with Discord fandom, trust me. They're all lunatics. We got a few comments on the Facebook page about Ben Browder going to join the cast of Doctor Who for an episode next season. Well, since we haven't actually met Ben Browder in Stargate yet, it's not relevant. Well, we had four comments. It's relevant. <laughs> do you want to do the intro a bit? Well, I suppose so. Ben Browder's joining Doctor Who for an episode next season. Hmm. Kevin has made me insanely jealous by saying he gets to meet him in July. Lee Montgomery? Cool, might help me watching it as it's gotten a bit rubbishy lately. Jeff Wesley says, The last time I can recall the Doctor visiting the Wild West was back when Hartnell was the Helm Tardis. Has it really been that long? And Daniel chimes in, This is awesome! All in uppercase. Yes, I think he's excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doctor Wild West Hartnell, is that right? I haven't actually gone through... I don't think I've hit... I haven't finished Hartnell yet. Ah, oh, right. Truthfully. There's a ton of follow Fridays. Well, it's Friday, isn't it? Come try ya! Go to the group page and you'll see some nice posters by Kevin. I think inspired by the revelation of the Keep Cam and the Baxter Bookstore. It's there. Hi guys, it's Colin from England. Uh, I just want to say thanks for suffering sight on the scene so we didn't have to. Lego Planet one week. See through centipedes next week. Oh boy, you don't have suffered for your art. But we appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it anyway. There's not really a lot to say about this one, but apart from the fact that it was freaking boring. But, you know, Stargate has turned out some really good episodes, so I suppose you can't hit it home runs every time, as the Americans would say. Every now and again you're going to get a duff episode. Even Star Trek did that. I mean, we all remember Spock's brain and Star Trek V. <laughs> I did want to say something about last week's episode as well, but time got away with me and I forgot to send it in. But I do want to say that I think last week's episode was really good had the replicants evolved into basically the person that they evolved from, i.e. the girl. I thought that was an interesting premise and the fact that they decided to take on human form, which may or may not have had something to do with cuss, but did actually tie in well with the android that they evolved from in the first place. But as for this week's episode, well, not a lot to take home from, I suppose, apart from the fact that would that line about the chemical spill affecting people's brains so that you see interdimensional things that aren't there. Would that really have been bought by the general public? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there at the best of times. So. But at least you've got a better episode coming up next week so you've actually got something to look forward to. Anyway, take care guys. Live long and podcast. 
I'm working on the live long bit. <laughs> Would people cop it? What I will say is, think about how smart the average person is and realize at least half the people are less smart than that. That's a good point. I wish it were me that made it first. <laughs> you know, you got the whole left-hand side of the bell curve to look at. I say, we all know Chernobyl was just the cover story for an alien invasion. Yes, absolutely. Well, was that Transformers? I can't remember. <laughs> I watched the first one and I thought it was highly confusing and it doesn't seem to matter who directs a Michael Bay movie because it's still a buddy Michael Bay movie. The director is there to, to be a placeholder on the credit card. <laughs> it's a Michael Bay movie. It's, it's a series of large stunts and explosions linked with a faint attempt at plot. Yeah, gratuitous shots of the young female star. Oh, yes, uh, Miss Megan Totham Fox. Well, she wasn't in the third one, was she? I don't think she was in the second one either, was she? Yes, she was. I didn't watch it. I watched the first one and I was like, I'm sorry, you have our protagonists and you have the enemies and when they're fighting, you cannot tell who is who. You can't root for the good guys if all you can see is a blur of spinning metal on screen. Anyway, before we forget, thanks Colin for the feedback. Much appreciated as always. Even if it did cause us to riff off, or me to riff off on Michael Bay. <laughs> One more piece of voicemail and uh, you'll be our leading voicemail list. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you'll be leading the pack. I thought you said we had one more piece of voicemail. No, let's not get carried away. Oh, oh, this is good. Just got an email from eBay. Thinking about the new iPad, and it's got all sorts of alternatives. It's got a, a 7-inch tablet PC for £90. <laughs> Somehow I don't think it'll be quite the same thing. No, but considering the fact the iPad costs 450 is it nine times worse? <laughs> Probably not, but still. <laughs> Using the Samsung Galaxy one, the Samsung yeah. Galaxy tablet, because it's what we're going to be giving out to the testers. Is that the old Motorola one? Or did they buy Motorola's tablet from them? No, I think they made a new one. Ah, it's yeah. running Ice Cream Sandwich, I think. What the f*** is Ice Cream Sandwich? Google is your friend. It's a version of Android. Okay. <laughs> I've got to love it. You know, Microsoft, they, they do not know how to name anything, <laughs> do they? They're boring. Everybody else has fantastic names for stuff. Version 6 of Ubuntu was called Feisty Fawn. And I think version 7 was called Galloping Gazelle. Next time on Stargate SG-1. This is going to be good, isn't it? A gateway to another dimension. Only the righteous may pass. Is sabotaged by a traitor. Where the hell are we? Now, lost in a forgotten world. According to the scroll, it's supposed to be paradise. This in the brochure? Trapped on a mysterious planet. You don't find things a little spooky around here? The only thing you have to be afraid of around here is me. Will they find a way back? You wanted to kill me from the start. Before they lose their minds. It's messing with your head! Richard Dean Anderson stars. I'll drop it now, or I will shoot you. On the next Stargate SG-1. That's more or less it. A remarkably tight and rapid recording, considering the debacle we went through last week. Unless you have any closing remarks, Mike? No, I don't think so. Like I said, I think that was a pretty good episode. Certainly better than last week's. Definitely better than last week's. <laughs> they more than made up for it. So that was Smoke and Mirrors. As Alan said, next week, Paradise Lost. So uh, join us and enjoy the show. Bye-bye now. See you later. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. I'm not sure which one I'll use yet, but I'll use one of them. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.